Welcome to Take the Stage, the Opera Podcast. We are interviewing a singing actor today who talks about his experience auditioning in New York and building a mental practice to deal with the pressures. He is so genuine about his experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but still positive about this crazy career. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. This is Mariah Wilcox, and I'm here with Evan Dunn. Hey, hey. So I discovered something about you <laughs> this week. Oh. And I think we need to talk about it. What? It's your hit list. <laughs> it's not a hit list. It's just people who I, I wouldn't mind killing. It's kind of a hit list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my best friend and I made a... Your best friend, Jake, who was also on Yeah, who's been on the podcast. We made a list of um, people who, were we in the Hunger Games, we would have no problem, like, taking out. <laughs> Let's just let that sit for a moment. I love how you explain that, like, it's, like, totally <laughs> Totally acceptable. normal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that you can justify that to our listeners and that they'll all be like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Perfect. Does anyone identify with that? (laughs) Does anyone feel the same way? Yeah, so we have this list. And um, everyone's assigned like... Districts. A district. And there are the, what are they called? The... The careers? Yeah, and Mariah is Joanna, by the way. Oh, absolutely. District 7, lumber. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But we also have a Hunger Games list of people that we would really have a hard time killing. Oh, okay. So that makes it all better. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think we need to talk about this a little bit. I think we might need to work on some of these. Or, you know. I do need a therapist for multiple reasons. Yeah, really. Yeah, let's, let's get on that. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Just a little update about our course. It is going full speed, and yep. we're getting some good feedback. And actually, we have some extra people joining this coming week, so we're excited about that. And um, just a reminder that if you are interested in doing some um, mental preparation yourself for auditions, or if something's stressing you out in the practice room and you'd like to work with a professional life coach, please email us at takethestageopera.com. At gmail. At gmail.com. And sign up for a free session. And with that, let's jump into our interview. All righty, let's go ahead and welcome our guest, Michael Sear. Michael Sear is an opera singer slash musical theater singer slash actor slash he does everything. And um, we are so excited to have him here today. He is a friend of both Mariah and mine. And also, this is our first time doing a, we're all vaccinated in person 
Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, yes. wow. So yep. welcome, Are Michael. Are back to here. normal? Oh, my yes. God. Yes. <laughs> oh, so ready. Yes. So ready. Yes, thank you. And so I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And um, so Michael has been um, having a little bit of a hiatus from living in New York City because, as everyone knows, there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) So he came back. A a pretty effective shutdown, I'll say. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. So came to live in a cheaper place which I think we're all benefiting from that. Yep. <laughs> Loving it. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your experience in New York City. Sure. And heading back there next week, right? Or sure. Two weeks? Or? Yeah, no, yep, next week. Yep, next next week. week. Oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. I know, yeah, I'm freaking out. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Chloe, my wife, got uh, accepted into Columbia for stage management. And that took her out there while I was still finishing up my last semester of my undergrad. And once I did that, met her up in August of 2019. And yeah, I just, I initially hit opera first. Um, and I wanted to do every program, every master class, every, everything I could find that was mostly classical. I did accept a few less than classical things, I guess you could say. I don't know. Some would argue differently. But I auditioned <laughs> for I auditioned for the Gilbert and Sullivan players yes. in Midtown. Okay, yeah. That was Which, really- if you ever get a chance to watch Michael Sear do Gilbert and Sullivan, do it. <laughs> Literally, Evan was just telling me. I was just telling like Mariah. <laughs> I was like, it was life-changing. It was so fun. I was doing um, HMS Pinafore, uh, rehearsing it at the same time that you I saw you perform Pirates of Penzance, and I threw out everything that I was doing, and I was, like, so inspired by you, (laughs) and I was like, I'm going to be awesome like Michael's here. No, yeah, I had so much fun, and our director, uh, Richard Clifford, Mm -hmm. was just so open to making it as chintzy as possible. (laughs) It was so fun. In fact, it actually... uh, uh, did me a bit of a disservice, I think. I'm not sure. Because at my audition, I did the super hammed up version, oh. you know? And I could tell the look on their eyes when I did it kind of went, okay, 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 thank you, bye, next. Like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so I don't think no. they like my the end of my, um, uh, what's the song Frederick sings there? Um, Frederick song. <laughs> Frederick song, yeah, there, I can't remember it. Shoot, I did the role and I can't remember it. Anyhow, he... Some people ham it up. Some people stay pretty uh, uh, traditional. And I like went into this Justin Bieber, then Elvis voice. Oh my gosh! Yeah, they didn't like it. I, <laughs> I know, but like if you're if you had performed it that way, that's how people eat it up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I don't know. We're getting into uh, the. I don't know. I think the point of the of Gilbert and Sullivan was that, right. and I'm just translating the spirit of it to our times. So right. That's how I justified it. Okay, I don't know. okay. So tell me, when I did Gilbert and Sullivan, <laughs> I got into trouble too. <laughs> and it's all your fault. Oh, okay. <laughs> I put in a line about Donald Trump's Twitter feed. Yes, yes. And I got in trouble. What? And I also. Because you were in a conservative state. Oh, probably. I don't know, maybe. And then I oh, yeah. also had, uh, I pulled out my phone. And like <laughs> did like a scrolling through my Instagram. In the scene. Did you do this without asking permission from the stage director? So some of it I just did. Sometimes just, you got to. You just got to yeah. throw it up there and say, this well, is going to be so good. You, the, you can't say no. Yeah, you just like have an idea and you're like, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. And 
No, I didn't get in, in trouble, but not... she like asked me, she, you know, the director was like, please don't do that. And I was like, <laughs> well, can I keep some of my theme? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So how much um, classical stuff did you find in New York? Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, Not to be fatalistic, I should be very clear, I also had to work there a lot. I okay. had two jobs, and so I couldn't really devote as much as I wanted. And Chloe was going to school. She's going to be a stage manager. Yep. I love it. Yep, yep. So I was working a bit too much. I couldn't audition as much as I wanted to. Um, I thought I had plenty of time. <laughs> COVID hit in March, right. so I had maybe six or seven months of auditioning. Um, and um, in that time, I actually found very little opera for a burgeoning singer. Um, right. I found a lot of choral stuff, great mm-hmm. choral mm-hmm. stuff, which then had some mobility from there. Um, so uh, get your sightseeing on board, learn your Latin, Latin, French, and Germanized Latin. You know, they, they all want to have that readily available. But, um, excuse me, that, I saw mostly that, a lot of choirs. But master classes, you know, you're competing with people from Juilliard. People fly in to do programs and master classes, so you are you're dealing with the top of the, the right. top dog. So living local and trying to do opera, I, and it could be just I wasn't good enough. You know, very real, very real. Yeah, and I'm not complaining. You know, it's it's fine. It's it's the process. But um, yeah, there was a lot of competition in the opera stuff. What I did find was a lot of good coaches and a lot of good trainers. Okay, Jack Lavigny was my teacher there. Loved him. He was fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, he was great. He was great for me. And, um, and even gave me, um, some connections into some programs. He had a program in Sicily that he mm-hmm. invited me to, and I had a pl- a place in, but COVID, COVID. <laughs> it, you know, shut the borders. So that just got that dissolves entirely, but yeah, no. So, so there's great coachings, great teachers to be had. Um, a lot of choirs. I didn't find much opera for a beginner. And I've I've heard of lots of people who say they, you know, they go to New York City as a young opera singer and like feel a little crushed by New York City. I think that can happen. Um, And then the other thing that I think of is a teacher of mine in my master's who used to say, art happens wherever artists are. So don't feel like you have to be in, you know, New York City. But do you think... does that ring true to your experience? Are you know are there ways to be an artist elsewhere? I, I think it definitely is true for me. Uh, again, it just could be because of where I am with my process and where I'm at with my voice. Um, but yeah, there was there was better opportunities and more room for growth elsewhere for sure. But I think I could have found more opportunities and perhaps less competition, unnecessary. Not, not that I'm afraid of competition, but unnecessarily. So, right. well, it's like elsewhere. kind of finding your niche yeah, is exactly. part of that. Like totally. finding what sets me apart mm-hmm. as opposed to like trying to be like the other 10,000 people. That uh, I totally agree. Like totally in La La agree. Land. I think actually we mentioned this at the course in, in La La Land, how she's like, all of the girls are dressed like me and they look mm-hmm. like me and they're, but they're prettier than me and more <laughs> talented than me. And <laughs> yeah, it's, you, you just, you get totally lost. There's a thousand people, you know. And it's so expensive to live there. That, that was tough. Um, and perhaps I can speak to that a little bit. Um, that was interesting. Uh, uh, qu- quite a learning curve. What I found, though, was New York in a vacuum is totally doable. Okay. Outside looking in looks tough because, you know, rent's high, everything's high. But also, so is, you know, minimum wage. <laughs> right. And, you know, yeah. minimum wage is 15 bucks over there. And then I found a job at like 17 18 an hour. 
So yeah, minimum wage was nuts. Or sorry, yeah, everything is nuts, but everything else kind of matches to meet that. Mm. So once you're in, once you pay your stupid broker fees that don't make any sense, <laughs> that they even tried to get rid of, but the higher upper ups were like, no, we like our money, whatever. <laughs> there are some good stuff. Like they can't, uh, you should know you're right, that you know they can't ask for more than two months of rent in, in a deposit. Um, uh, broker fees do have a limit. So they can't totally milk you dry. Um, and if you're willing to do roommates, it's actually very doable, wow. especially walk-ups. Look for what are called walk-ups where there's no elevator. Mm-hmm. So you're on a third, fourth, fourth floor, but you have to walk up all those steps. Those tend to be very cheap and in good locations because they're technically, they're usually older buildings that have grandfathered in. They don't have to be building coded. So older buildings, a little cheaper. So look for roommates with a walk-up and you're going to find rent at like 12 or 1300 bucks. I never even heard of that walk-ups. Yeah, yeah walk-up. They okay. stink New when you're things. trying to move in and out. But. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So um, how are you feeling about going back to New York City? Yeah. And I, you're doing a lot more musical theater. Yes, yes. So now we're in a position, my wife is uh, has, a, has a job currently. She's out of school, essentially. She's not graduated technically because of COVID stuff. Uh, but now we're in a situation where I can kind of... Uh, kind of put my job on a, on, a, on, a, on a pause for a second and then go audition. So, yeah, I'm heading out to New York um, next Tuesday where, yeah, I'm just hitting as many auditions as possible. And um, I've always loved musical theater, and I never really gave it a shot while I was there. I told myself I, I, I kind of wanted to pigeonhole myself. I wanted to become a little more... Um, is it really hard on musical theater? That's awesome. And, I'm um, so excited for you. I'm, I'm so I, I'm hoping my gamble pays off because everything opens in September. Six weeks is a typical run like rehearsal time, which means mid July they're starting rehearsals, which means in like early July, late June they're doing the auditions for those rehearsals. So I'm hoping my gamble pays off that things will it's just going to explode. There's going to be a huge, huge uh, call for actors. Awesome. So I'm hoping it goes well. Um, I'm not as prepared as I want to be, but um, I think it'll go well. I think it'll go well. Well, um, we're really excited. We're excited to hear how it goes. And in preparation for auditions, (laughs) you started taking our audition course. Absolutely. And we'd like to hear, we want you to tell everyone how brilliant we are. Oh, absolutely. We're we're the best, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Guru Evan and... I can't think of another. (laughs) Sorry, what's another? Shaman. There we go. Shaman. (laughs) No, I'm not kidding. Um, I love my undergrad. Loved it very much. I learned a ton. Um, And and this isn't an uncommon thing, but I didn't get much help, I guess, in in ways of like the game Mm -hmm. and especially in regards to auditions. So when you told me about this, when I heard about this, I was just all on board. I was so, so on board. Um, yeah, we've had one course, uh, one class so far of the course, and I love it. I love the approach. I love that, you know, it's more a mentality than it is uh, a charade. Mm-hmm. And the mentality will be more helpful. It'll, it, you know, it's the whole adage of, you know, give him a fish or give him a, a fishing pole and teach him to fish. Right. And this definitely feels like you're given a fishing pole. The reason we started this course is for the exact same reason. We both felt like we didn't get everything we needed in our undergrad, and we wanted to provide that to yeah. to students before they graduated yeah. and after they've graduated because it takes a long time to learn that. Yeah, yeah, and this is so funny, but um, I, I love watching gymnastics. It's like what I do all the time, and I'm, I'm just so inspired by what gymnasts do, but they always talk about how they have these trainers who work on their mental game, and I'm like, who's my trainer? Yeah. 
Hmm. How come no? You are. (laughs) You are your own mental trainer. Yeah, exactly. Nobody walks around with me and says like, okay, this is what you're going to think. This is what you're going to do. And, you know, just like turn your brain off and just do do what I tell you to do and you'll be fine. Nobody, nobody does that. Right. Yeah. I'll do it for you. Thanks. Which 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 was interesting. When I was out in New York, I would see people who did seem to be successful, and they seemed to have a type of personality that they never needed to train themselves out of a, a rut. For whatever reason, whether they're socially inept or what, I don't know. They seem to be impervious to that, and they they had the propensity to not have an issue with it. And anybody else who was perhaps empathetic or perhaps a little more sensitive to it just struggled. And almost I saw almost nobody with. Uh, with the, with the tools, with the mechanisms to cope with it. It yeah. was interesting. I have enjoyed the homework already. Yeah? I was already super into meditation, you know? Mm. And I loved the podcast you had with uh, Onstadt. Yeah. It's not her. Mm-hmm. How do you say Ingela. Ingela, right? Ingela, uh-huh. right? Ingela um, um, where you're really talking about meditation. Too. I've always loved meditation. It's helped me compartmentalize a lot of my life and then address each compartment, you know, put it in little boxes. And some of the exercises we've done so far have been a, a, a rebranding or a new manifestation of the meditation. Yes. The, the writing out. Yes. For, for, so, yeah, you had us write out just, just unfettered, completely uncensored, mm-hmm. just whatever jargon falls out of your head. And it was weird. It was weird <laughs> to, to feel my own, my own brain all jumbled. Well, sometimes as you're writing, I mean, we, we've talked about morning pages quite a bit, but sometimes as you're writing, you like realize you're saying kind of childish things. Yeah. Well, it just looks childish. Yeah. Like you write it down and you're like, do I think that? And you're like, oh my gosh, I think that. Yeah. But it looks, once you get it out, you can start being like, hmm, that's kind of silly. Yeah. And, and it doesn't help when your handwriting is also childish. <laughs> 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 on every level. Yeah. But no, I've loved it. A form of it felt it's felt like a form of meditation to observe and just watch. And uh, we you know, I, I don't do it enough for sure. I, I but I love it. I've loved it. Well just wait, because we're going in deep this week. I'm stoked. <laughs> I'm stoked. I don't have to read any of this stuff out, right? It's weird. No. Okay. No. It feels Freudian almost sometimes. It's just, I know. This, this is weird. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no. In fact, don't even read it yourself. Just write it. Oh, okay. Just write it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so some questions that we ask all of our guests, Michael. What is the one part of your career development that has been the biggest struggle for you? Um, We feel like every singer has that one thing that they have to overcome or that everyone tells them that they need to overcome um, and change in order to be successful. And we'd like to know what that thing is for you and how you have approached it. Speaking of Freudian, let's dig deep here. Oh, gosh. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, I almost hate to admit it, but really my, my regular practice sessions, I, I struggle with those, really? uh, either in terms of frequency or just in, in general quality. Mm. Um, I, I let those slip way too much. Um, and I'll go, I'll go, you know, several days, even a week sometimes without having practiced. And, and that, uh, that's a huge... Uh, Evan over here is shook because he practices for like three hours every single day (laughs) I'm like yeah that sounds about right (laughs) no I I really struggle I don't know what it is Mm -hmm. well I know it's because all of you people with like perfect beautiful voices you know I do not have a perfect away with it yes you do don't even talk to me right now (laughs) 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 better <laughs> no, we'll, we're we're going to talk about practicing. I would, yeah, I would love to. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I need it. I need something. I need, especially when COVID hit. Actually, admittedly, when COVID hit, I kind of that we, we were talking about it in the course um, moments of not dealing with a rejection. COVID was a form of rejection for me, and I withered away for like a really? month. Well, I did I think no singing. I, I, I wouldn't even warm a, up. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people's story. Maybe even for a whole year. You know, I've I've seen people that are like, yeah. I practiced for the first time. It's been like, you know, so. it, it got to the point where I felt like I could almost never come back. Not true, of course, a small lie, but it got that bad. Yeah. My voice is now so foreign to me. I don't feel as, you know, a year and a half ago, it was the most intimately familiar thing of my life. Right. You know, even right. even more so than my marriage in some ways. And um, now that is not the case. This is a weird alien monster in my bed. Well, I'm glad for your wife that now... <laughs> <laughs> She's on the season in the first place now. <laughs> she bumped up. <laughs> but I'm sad for your voice. No, but, you know, yeah, th- these are things that we can, that we all have dealt with in some form, I think, over the last year and can overcome. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. So um, we want to know how you have discovered joy in your singing and I know this last year has been tricky but <laughs> maybe how to rekindle joy in your singing. Oh man. Yeah, that's a that's a sticky question. Unfortunately, a year and a half ago I could have never even faltered. Yeah. But yeah, things are weird. Um I still find joy in singing. I still find joy in uh storytelling, mm-hmm. any form mm-hmm. of storytelling. And singing, I feel, is the more is the most perfect form of storytelling, yeah. because you can you can accomplish so much in so little time with so little uh, 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 actions. Essentially, um, it's all there. Ethos, exact wording, actions. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I feel like there's a much wider like range of inflection that you can oh. put in singing that you can't in just speaking. Absolutely. It's just so emotional. Like, ah, like any, bleh, any sound <laughs> that you make, it's like, it's just so human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and, great. and both <laughs> Chris, we were all, I'm sure we were all thinking of Chris today, but yes. Yeah. It was yesterday that she passed yeah, away three, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Our undergrad teacher. Yeah. Man. Ah, and it, so Chris and Jack both always talked about singing less like, this ivory tower transcendental mm-hmm. thing, and more like a noise, mm. a, a gar- like a barbaric yop that you belt out to mm-hmm. this group, you know, in, in an effort to communicate something. Mm-hmm. What would Chris say that the, the the content of your soul w- is in the the sound of your tone or something like that? She had some phrase. Do you remember? I I don't remember that, but I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> attributed to Chris, no problem. But I definitely find my joy in singing there is just the storytelling aspect, yes. the 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 absolute pure connection to human experience and human emotion is just is just so supernatural. Awesome. So, what is your dream role or dream role? Oh gosh, musical oh. theater or opera or, or both. That's mean. Um, Whatever. I'm I'm a sucker for Puccini and. Um, uh, some Verdi we were talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do. No, yeah, I love Alfredo. I love Alfredo La Traviata. Yeah. Absolutely, that that is such a cool character. Um, could never play him, but I would also love Pagliacci, uh-huh. Tosca. I don't know all the normal, <laughs> basic answers. <laughs> I would love. 
Uh, perhaps a musical theater role. I would love, his name is Monty Navarro. Navarro? I forget the last name right, I think. From uh, Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Oh, okay. It's a hilarious show. Definitely recommend. It's about this guy, very pish posh English sort of establishment, <laughs> and he has to kill eight of his relatives to uh, to inherit the family fortune. Oh, my gosh. It's well. great. It's so funny. Very tongue-in-cheek <laughs> and just wonderful. So there's there's some good roles there. And do you have a book that you'd recommend? Oh, goodness. It doesn't even have to be a music book. Just Okay. Just, just any book? book? Oh, man. Uh, again, perhaps basic, but leadership and self-deception was really transformational for me. Didn't somebody say that last week? Oh, yeah? A couple weeks ago? It's from the Arbinger Institute. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past to be a Maybe very... Ingla. Yeah. Oh, well. Ingla. But yeah, leadership and self-deception was transformational for me. Um, a great look at my filter, how I perceive things. Yeah. It's wonderful. The, the opening sort of analogy is imagine a baby who crawled into this crack between a couch and a wall, and then the baby got mad at the couch and wall for being there and ob- uh, obstructing the baby's progress. And essentially the book talks about how we do that to ourselves all the time. Yeah. We, we put ourselves in a corner, we put ourselves there, and then spend the rest of our energy and time blaming and playing the victim a little bit, uh, blaming the world for our woes rather than backing out and moving forward. All right, I'll stop complaining about my voice. Students. No, no. <laughs> it's a great book. Another reason I love it is because I like health self-help books, but sometimes they get a bit like grandstandy and a little preachy. Sometimes. Sure. I think they try and avoid that for sure. But this one's set up in a conversational sense. There's a, there's a dude, he's an employee of this guy, and they just have a chat. And the chat, you know, it's in that form. So it's a lot more approachable and you feel less... I don't know. You can be more vulnerable because you're not being called out. Essentially. <laughs> so I did I like love that. it. Oh, Michael, it has been so good having you on the podcast. It's been fun. This has been great. Thank we're you glad that you get to spend a little bit of time with us in Idaho, and we're sad to see you go, but we're also really glad for you. So to our listeners, take charge of your careers. You are powerful and creative. Just like many of our guests, you get to choose how your career looks, and that is so exciting. Yes, so stop waiting in the wings. Go out and take the stage. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 